Hello and welcome to another episode of Hesse and Maven. I'm Justin. I'm Raven. And this week, oh, hi Jessica. Uh, this week we're going to cover um, something that I have a lot of fun with. I think you like etymology. Mm-hmm. So uh, etymology is kind of like the study of words and their origins and where they come from. And kind of that's the gist of it, essentially, right? I don't this, know if it gets more specific than that. This topic makes me feel like we're Hank and John. It does. This feels like highbrow stuff. I'm John. You're Hank. That's absolutely true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, so, also, really quickly, uh, the Project for Awesome is going on, I think, currently? Or it just did? I think it just did. I think yeah. I'll now. Hank and John Green, if you don't know, John Green is an author. So is Hank Green now, but mm-hmm. John Green has always been an author. Um, wrote Looking for Alaska, Fault in Our Stars, Paper Towns, Turtles All the Way Down, which Raven still has not read, even though I bought her a physical copy of the book. Wow. I really, that still blows my mind. I know. And every time you go to Barnes & Noble and come home with a new book and everything or reread Throne of Glass or something, I'm like, are you You're kidding right. me? I do do that. It really kills me. Um, especially when I read it and I was like, yeah, it's so good. I know. And like when we were talking about top five books, you'd mentioned like you like female authors because you feel like they write female characters better, which is not even an opinion. That's a fact. Yeah. But – John Green is one of the few that I feel like are. I mean, I, I'm I'm not the judge for this. Do you feel like John Green does a decent job? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like at the very least, his characters aren't like two dimensional in the way that some no. male authors will unfortunately be. No, he's a fantastic writer. I just feel like I think I maybe I've been putting it off because his books tend to be like very like deep filled with hidden meaning make you Mm. think about life like it's like watching a very heavy movie yeah that's true turtles all the way down i think is good though it's not falling our stars yeah and i don't i wouldn't even put it on the emotional like how ready you need to be emotionally to read it i wouldn't even put it above looking for alaska Mm. because i think the whole Mm -hmm. the big twist in that story no spoilers here mm-hmm. is fucking hard yeah <laughs> it's really hard yeah um and they're making looking for alaska into what a tv show they did it already it's on hulu mm. yeah yeah i feel like the fault in the stars is the best that they'll ever do in terms of adaptations yes agreed but anyway <clears throat> um so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be sort of discussing and and learning about different idioms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting because I was actually, I, when I was originally researching this, I was Googling and like where they come from. So, for example, um, the, here's an expression that I didn't look up, but I mentioned it to Raven so that we didn't have too many overlaps or any overlaps. Um, so I brought up the the idiom to pony up. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, listeners, it's like. When somebody, oh, it's like, oh, you owe me money. Pony up. Like, pony up the money the money you owe me. It just the means money. like, shut the fuck up. I knew you were going to do that. Oh, you're the worst. You're like an anti-cheerleader. You're like, <laughs> guys, did you hear that? <laughs> Give me a mistake. 
I've never heard that phrase. Moni? Neither have I. It's not a real word. But no. It, no, I really haven't. So, but that was the idea. That. You know, like, oh, this won't happen until hell freezes over. Uh, when pigs fly. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a discussion of what they mean. I, obviously, we'll cover yeah. that. But it's more like, why do we say that? There's one I've heard people, or maybe I've like read it in a book, and then I've heard people that are aware of it. I think it's a southern idiom. Where people say, like, if it's raining heavy, they'll say, like, the devil's beating his wife. Jesus. Have you heard that? <laughs> no. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a phrase they say in the South. Oh, my Maybe I heard gosh. it in Florida. Yeah, and it's, like, not regional to up here, so it's very jarring. Yeah, that's... But that's another example. Insane. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah, that really threw me for a loop just then. Um... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be looking up kind of, like, where these come from. Why do we say them? Uh, when was it first written, you know? Has it changed over time? Some of the ones I found, like, meant one thing when they originally started, mm-hmm. and then they changed over time, and now they mean something completely different. In one case, it's actually, like, straight up the opposite. Yeah. Uh, so, just for clarity, uh. The phrase, the devil's beating his wife, means that the sun is shining while it rains. It refers to a sun shower. Oh. Yeah. Very strange. Very strange indeed. Wow. This says, how did it get to mean that? Some say that it's because the devil is angry with God for creating beautiful sunny days. And when the devil gets angry enough about it, he takes his anger out on his wife by beating her. She, in turn, cries large tears that fall from the sky and turn into raindrops. Since this is the explanation for the saying, it makes sense that the expression should exist even though the action itself is criminal. Uh, Jesus. That's insane. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And so what I'm going to put out to the listeners and viewers on YouTube if you live in an area that has odd sayings and idioms, which is what these are called, it's a type of figure of speech. Figure of speech is a literary term that includes similes and metaphors and onomatopoeias and um, alliterations and allegories and, geez, all kinds of stuff. Oh, wait, can I, can I tell you this? Yeah, for sure. Uh, really quickly, let me just finish because I was just making a call out to our listeners and viewers to try and call them. Is This is a call to action. So just to keep the momentum going. <laughs> Put your fucking head down. <laughs> uh, send us your sayings. Please email us, hessianmaven at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. What are the interesting regional idioms? Are you checking your phone for something? Wow can't keep your attention you're talking to listeners don't yell at me why are you yelling i have to um okay so the idea is send us your sayings send us different expressions that are common in your area the more outlandish the better we want to figure out where they come from what they mean why you guys say them thank you Continue. According to Dave Thurlow on June 25th, 1996, on his radio show in a segment entitled Geese, Dutchman, and the Devil, Mm. 
He stated that the expression, the devil is beating his wife, was interchangeable with other sayings such as, foxes are getting married, <laughs> witches are doing their wash. These are all sun showers? Yeah. Foxes are getting married. I'm going to start using that one. And a tailor is going to hell. That is incredible. Some sources quote the expression as being, the devil's chasing his wife for burning up the rice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, that's slang. I was just looking something up. Uh, yeah, even slang is fucking weird. But. Wait. What's up? <laughs> Part of a 1966 Spokane Daily Chronicle article titled Poor Man's Play-Doh, mm. uh, someone wrote the folklore, colon, the storm will be a long one if chickens come out while it is still raining. To cure a cold, drink a mixture of wine vinegar, rock candy, and two fresh raw eggs. When the weather shines and showers at the same time, that's a sign the devil is beating his wife. To stop the nosebleed, place a cold key on the back of your neck. So that's just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Thank, anyway. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's crazy, all kinds of crazy, interesting sayings that we say that lose their origin over time. Yeah. John Green goes over one about... Um, Goody two shoes mm -hmm. and where that comes from. The idea of goody two shoes. Why is it two shoes? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And it has to do with a very, very old children's story Yeah. about a character. Mm -hmm. And I forget. I forget too. much past that. But I think it's like she only, ha she always has one shoe or something like that. And then finally at the end she gets two shoes and they start yeah. calling her goody two shoes. Yeah. It has like nothing to do with being like an overly good yeah. rule following person, but yeah. it has changed over time. Um, there's a lot of uh, mental floss videos. Oh, Not yeah. Analogy. They're fun. I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, yeah. some of this stuff. Like, in New Jersey, or at least Jersey Shore, where we are, excuse me, we call tourists, um, at least regionally, you may not call refer to them as this, but, like, they're called Bennies, and it's B-E-N-N-Y, and it... As far as I have always been told, it's like an acronym, I believe, or an initialism. I forget the difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, but it is like, um, it stands for where a lot of the tourists come from. So B is Bayonne. Oh. E is Elizabeth. Mm. N is Newark or Nork. I, Newark. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then NY, New York. Yeah. So... I mean, it's clever and it's fun. Just like, oh, there's so many fucking bennies. Yeah. Now and like, um, I've also referred to them as shoebies, but that's because of rocket power. Yeah. Um. Also, I do. I sit corrected. Um, the coconut vanilla creamer in this blueberry coffee mm -hmm. is pretty good. I like the coconut creamer. I would have preferred the French, French vanilla. vanilla. Yeah. For especially for this specifically. Yeah. But it is a but, sweet man, treat having blueberry, blueberry coffee. coffee with some kind of creamer, yeah. like flavored creamer in it. I don't norm. I usually drink coffee black, but yeah. I mean, every once in a while, treat yourself. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, there's all kinds of interesting expressions and stuff like that. Like, uh, we're doing mainly like they're called idioms. So it's like an, a phrase that is, as opposed to, for example, like slang, like why do they call it a hoagie versus a sub versus a grinder versus a sandwich? Yeah, like why do they call it different slang. things or, yeah. um, there's all kinds of like specific stuff like, oh, what do you call the like shopping cart thing at the grocery store? Some people oh. call it a trolley or yeah, you know, all different things. Obviously, London has or London, England, the UK have interesting expressions for certain yeah. things. So does Australia. Yeah. Like calling McDonald's Maccas. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. It's interesting. But we're doing idioms. Yeah. Which is um, I should have just Googled the, the definition of idiom. But it's just like a funny phrase. It's just like a phrase that like if you took it literally would make no fucking sense yeah but we're doing it here um do we have do you have that um my phone's obviously recording so i don't have access to instagram do we have that uh luna's friend from like germany didn't he send us a oh. an expression it's from ireland i think oh i think you're right i think it is ireland my mistake i am so sorry <laughs> But yeah, let's let's, let's find that because I do want to, um, throughout the podcast, I will do a little oh. bit of expression on that. A little bit of a. He said where he's from. They say what's the crack, and it means what's new. Is it a C? He wrote C R A I K. You also describe things like how was last night? It was good crack, meaning it was amazing. Yeah, and it's pronounced crack for the record. That's what I said. No, no, no. I'm just saying oh, out oh, loud oh. that you're not. It's not like I'm just because of the way it's spelled. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's spelled crack. Yeah. I'm just backing you up by saying you are pronouncing it correctly. And I'm not saying that. To I've you heard that before in else. like the the Irish um, YouTube channels I watch. like The Tri Channel. Yeah. It's a pretty diverse uh, term. It can be used for news, gossip, fun, entertainment, enjoyable conversation, particularly prominent in Ireland. Yeah. Um, there's a article, The Crack, as in the expression, what's the crack? Meaning, how are you or what's happening? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. It's derived from the Middle English crack, C-R-A-K, meaning loud conversation, bragging talk. Oh. A sense of crack found in Northern England and Scotland, meaning conversation or news, produces expressions such as, what's the crack? What's the news? Like, what's up? That's cool. Um, yeah, we definitely don't say that here. Yeah. I mean, they have it here, like, books in 1825 were, like, it was a um, in Northern England published in, ni- in 1825. It's a book about speech. That was talking about the word crack. Mm. So this this term goes back to the 1700s at the very least, if not 16th. Oh, actually, the term is recorded in Scotland with this sense as far back as the 16th century. So it's the 1500s? Yeah. The Scottish song, The Wark of the Weavers, um, which dates back to the early part of the 19th century, used it. Yeah, there's all kinds of shit. Wow. That is long ago. It is wild. Um, so thanks for sending that in. That's fun. Yeah. I imagine that there's all kinds of stuff across the world. I I was in uh, my brain at originally I was just thinking like in the United States yeah. you would have a million different things. 
Um, even in New Jersey, you have the fucking battle of whether it's called Taylor ham or pork roll. Oh, yeah. Which is, to me, absolutely ridiculous. Um, because there's only one correct answer? Or It's pork roll. Yeah. Taylor ham is a company. Yes. Um, that makes pork roll. That makes pork roll. Yeah. So... You can say, let me get Taylor Ham. It's kind of the equivalent of saying, let me get a Band-Aid. Yeah. Band-Aid is a company. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to Google it. Okay, but you're actually just looking for something online. Yeah. Um, It's when a brand gets popular enough that it starts becoming synonymous with the product itself. Word. Q-tip, for example. Q-tip is a brand. It's mm-hmm. like a swab or yeah. ear swab or whatever the hell it's called. But like, um, yeah, I mean, it's pork roll. Yeah. It's 100% pork roll. Um, but, I, you know, freedom of speech. It's not hurting anybody. I don't give, I don't, I don't really care too much about that fight. I cannot stop yawning. I know. It's I'm exhausted. I'm so sorry. It's cool. I'm about to be really exhausted. I have a big uh, wedding coming up in California. I'm excited for you. I'm super excited. Um, It'll be fun. It is going to be fun. I heard. I found out that it's uh, sort of an outdoor-ish wedding. Yeah. And but there will be like indoor sections or whatever. Um, my friend Ali sent me the venue website. It looks gorgeous. I mean, I don't know if it'll be set up the same way, but however these people had it set up in those photos, looks really, really great. It'll be exciting for you to meet people you never met before like your friends in real life i know like everyone this whole the person whose wedding it is the bride um my friend nicole the people that i'm meeting there who are picking me up from the airport and stuff uh lance and Allie, i've actually never met them in person Mm -hmm. i've only talked i've only heard their voices i mean i know what they look like because of photos and stuff because we're we're that close but like i've never actually met them in person it's gonna be so wild yeah i mean i like i've known Allie for over two years now it feels like at least i think um, but haven't technically. You got mail from her, I think. Did you get person. it recently? Yeah, yesterday. Oh no, no one gave it oh, to me. It's no one, still no in one the told mailbox. me. It's still in the mailbox. You someone saw it and me. I ch- I checked the mail before I go to work, and if there's nothing for me, I put it back. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, it's better than taking it with you to work. Yeah. No. Otherwise, like, it would sit in my car. It's, and le- it's would... legitimately yeah a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> no, I didn't know. I'm yeah. sure it's I'm sure it's handmade and heartfelt it looks handmade and amazing. And it always fucking is. Yeah. Allie blows me away with making her own fucking goddamn paper. Yeah. <laughs> and then writing these adorable, cute little notes. And then also like knitting something for me or like sewing something together. Like I've my the dice bags that I use that keep all my yeah. millions of sets of dice. Mm-hmm. Uh they're all handmade from Allie. Yeah. And I've very lovely. <laughs> Yeah. It kills me, though, it, only in the sense that, like, she always does this, and I'm always so touched, and mm-hmm. I love them. Um, but I'm also the type that, like, I get so much pleasure from gift giving. Yeah. And I just, it feels like the relationship there is getting very one-sided. <laughs> and it's starting to put pressure on me. Yeah. Like, unspoken pressure. Like, obviously, nothing from Allie. Right, right, right. It's just my own pressure that I'm putting on myself because yeah. I love giving gifts. It's why, yeah. like, you know, around Christmas time, everyone kind of gets yeah. in that mode where you're just like, 
damn, I'm going to buy my friends this gift. I know. Like, Do I really need to buy my friends gifts? Yeah. I or, like to buy my friends gifts. I but love the problem it. is that all my friends are excellent gift givers and I'm mm. a horrific gift giver. Uh. I'm not a good gift giver at all. Like I, I like try to think back on the year of things that they've said that they want and I have like no idea. And then I remember one time that Alyssa said she wanted to collect nutcrackers. So I get her a random nutcracker. Yeah. And then she's like, great. I'm not cracker. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm a horrible gift giver. I just get everybody gift cards. It is hard. I fall into the just like, what are they like? What's going on in their life right now? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, like, Kate is a last Christmas new mom. I just got her a really fuzzy yeah. throw blanket. And I feel like you can't go wrong with blankets. Everybody loves blankets. Blankets, candles. There's some yeah. like, staples. Um, and then I got her... Like a spa kit. Yeah. Like a like a bath bombs yeah. and lotions and oils and all that kind of bullshit. Just yeah. in a little basket. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah, she'll never use it. Well, <laughs> and then I got Savannah things. Yeah. Sort of tangentially, in a, a way, giving a gift to Kate. <laughs> Being like, yeah. I got your baby something. It'd be like that when you have a baby. <laughs> I know. Um, all right. All right. Yeah, let's, let's uh, get into it. All right. You want to start? Sure. I feel like I've been talking a decent amount. Um, the first one I did is Steal Someone's Thunder. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a really good one. Did you think of these on your own or did you no. Google like a list of things? I Googled a li- li- I looked at multiple lists. Okay. A lot of mine I just thought of. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything. I know. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard for me not to just immediately do When Pigs Fly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started thinking of other ways to say that same fucking thing yeah. like oh one hell freezes over and i yeah. was like i can't do all of mine about the same definition yeah no it was hard but oh my god okay so the saying to steal someone's thunder um it says in the early 1700s english dramatist I hate that word John Dennis invented a device that imitated the sound of thunder for a play he was working on. Mm. So he's in theater. Uh, the play flopped. When was this? In the early 1700s. Oh, wow. Soon after, uh, John Dennis noticed that another play in the same theater was using his sound effects device. Ooh, he angrily said, that is my thunder by God. The villains will play my thunder, but not my play. The story got around London and the idiom, like, stealing his thunder That's born. incredible. Yeah. So it's like, I liked that one because it, it comes from, like, they literally stole his thunder. Yeah. Like, it like, really makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah. Like, they stole my literal thunder machine. Yeah. And therefore stole my thunder. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I like and obviously, like, if you never heard it, stealing someone's thunder is, like, the whatever's happening is supposed to be about them, and then, like, you make it about you. Like when somebody does a proposal at a wedding? Yes. Or announces that they're pregnant at a wedding or yeah. something like that? Unless it's, like, explicitly, like, discussed with the bride and groom. Yeah. Do not fucking do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. Or, like, the episode of Friends where it's Monica's engagement party and she catches ross and rachel making out in the hallway oh god and monica flips out that rachel stole her thunder yeah yeah man 
that's my first one. I don't think I've ever really stolen anybody's thunder. I think I've had my thunder stolen. I don't ever want to be in the thunder. Really? I don't know. Unless it's my birthday. In which case, if anyone puts the attention on them, I will implode like an electrode. (laughs) Like an electrode. God, we love Pokemon so much. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, (laughs) Fucking sorry, gang. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god i was hoping to make this a really smooth transition and it's not gonna happen it's so, so easy when we're doing this it's so easy to see why people get recording studios oh yeah recording studios yeah fucking uh directors and a yeah. team of people to do different parts of it so yeah just having somebody watch jessica would be great yeah <sighs> sorry guys she stepped on my laptop and like an idiot i had the recording <laughs> thing up which meant if she clicks the space bar, which is the biggest button, Bruh. stops the recording. Yeah. So, okay, we're back. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun, Stealing Thunder. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I, I don't love the thunder being on me, but I've definitely, I can't think of a single time I've ever stolen somebody else's thunder. No. I try I actively I feel to like make I'm, things I'm, about other people when the thing is about them. Yeah, I feel like I'm aware enough, like socially aware enough. Yeah. It's like the one thing that makes me feel like I maybe don't have autism. <laughs> it's like I'm like I could pick up on social cues. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. So the first one I did was cold turkey. Mm. So we know that expression is pretty common. Mm-hmm. I'm quitting cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because through the years, it's not only changed meaning pretty big. But it's also, now it's associated almost exclusively with quitting. Something. Yeah. Some type of vice or yeah. addiction or something and quitting that thing. Um, and it's interesting because there are it, there's ways that it makes sense. But because of its association with quitting a drug or some type of vice, it's interesting how it's kind of changed a little bit. Um, so, like... It's crazy because there are a lot of different um, times that it's used. I think the earliest... Oh, no, actually. Okay. So, some historians... And this is the crazy part. is Cold Turkey is one of those ones where it's not like 100% agreed upon. Like, where it came from exactly when the first time it was used. Or even what it meant during those times and how it's changed or whatever. But some historians believe that it's a combination of cold as in straightforward and this expression talk turkey which dates back to the early 1800s referring to speaking plainly so it's like when people embellish and they kind of fluff up their speech and you're like just speak plainly like just give it to me straight kind of thing um and 1910 there was a usage in a play, I think, or a, um, a like a novel or, or something like that, um, where a character, quote unquote, lost $5,000 cold turkey. Okay. So in that expression, it kind of means like straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't think of another way to put it, really. Um, lost $5,000 straight up. Cold. Boom. You like know in one I mean? shot? Yeah. Okay. Um, 1920, it was used by
by Thomas Dorgan, who is referred to as an ace slang man. Okay. I That was a whole other expression. I could have gone down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole, but I didn't. Um, and in there, it was used as straight up. Mm. Uh, 1978, there were a bunch of historians who were like, oh, it's called cold turkey because when you're – um, quitting like a drug or a narcotic or something like that, you go through withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And with those withdrawals, it's common for you to get goosebumps because mm-hmm. you're like shivering, you're cold and everything like that. That's where the cold comes from. Sorry. Then there, an addict who's going through withdrawal will get cold burns where it's mm-hmm. like, it's like having a fever, like where you're like getting those kind of hot flashes where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm like, feeling really hot one second and then you're instantly so cold so that's where they got this idea um because cold turkey goosebumps goose pimples mm. that's like a that's where goosebumps come from mm-hmm. is because if like birds without their feathers mm-hmm. they have like little bumps mm-hmm. and that's where goosebumps come from right so that's where cold turkey that's where they thought. And then a lot of historians were like, actually, I don't think that you're right mm. at all. You're not taking into account that it used to just mean straight up mm-hmm. um, in these earlier things. Okay. I just thought that was really cool. I mean, pretty interesting. Yeah. How it's changed meaning and stuff like that. And I like that there's a little bit of debate. Mm-hmm. Mm. These different like speech etymologists are like, yeah, you're wrong, Dan. <laughs> I've never liked that phrase. I don't like to say it. Yeah. The only time I ever say it is if a friend is like, I quit smoking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cold turkey. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, man, I just did a cold turkey. Yeah. It's just weird to say cold turkey. It's a weird expression. That's why it came to mind and I wanted to figure it out. I don't love it. (laughs) All right. What's your next one? To give the cold shoulder. Mm. Yeah. This I thought was funny. It says, um, normally this just refers to, like, coldly turning your back on someone. Like, like if I also, like, if you're just, like, ignoring someone, giving someone the cold shoulder, mm-hmm. like, just ignoring them. Um, etymologists think the phrase originated from medieval etiquette. After a feast, hosts in England would subtly signal that the meal was over and it was time for guests to leave by serving a cold slice of pork, mutton, or beef shoulder. Mm. Yeah, imagine like <laughs> biting into like a slice of beef shoulder and it was cold and you're just like, it's time for us to go. Time to go. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just, they're signaling to us. Honey? Yeah. <laughs> get the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like, Wrap it up. That that is just a signal like I guess and everyone would know. I like, like that. When though. you get cold meat, it's the hosts like looking at you like. Leave. We should do that today. We should implement that today. Yeah. Here's a day old right carbon gun. Yeah. Fucking get out of here. Time for you to go. Time for you to go, dude. Like. No yeah, more awkward moments. Yeah. Like Jerry Seinfeld being at that lady's house until three in the morning with Elaine. Not oh, in yeah. the car. Yeah. Because they're waiting for Kramer Psycho. to come get them. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, Wow. That's really funny. I know. Hello, sweetie. Giving a cold shoulder. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I never would have thought that it was food-based. No, me either. Yeah. That's I, I thought, thought it was thought so it was interesting. Like the idea of coldly... Yeah. Shoulder, like, moving your shoulder. Yeah. Turn the other cheek kind yep. of thing, where it's pretty literal. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's fun. I know. All right, so 
My next one was the one that I was most surprised about because I just felt like I knew sort of where it would have come from. Okay. So, uh, arm and a leg. Oh, okay. Like, oh, this the gas gas cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. Um, I thought, before I looked it up, surely this is just exactly what we think of it to mean. Mm-hmm. Like, something is so expensive that it would be comparable to give up, sacrifice yeah. an arm and a leg. Yeah. <laughs> and trade that in like that's how expensive this is that mm-hmm. it, it's going to cost you body parts it ne- it didn't mean that it meant actually the opposite that something was very cheap oh uh 17th century mm-hmm. so in 1680 king charles ii had these two guys mm-hmm. armstrong and leg l-e-g-g-e wow design a copper halfpenny for ireland wow Irish immigrants bring them over to America and sort of using these like abbreviations or shortened versions of their last names, it became an arm and a leg, Armstrong and leg. Yeah. Never would have guessed that. Never. Right. So it originally meant like, oh, this thing costs a half penny. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like, it's like the same as when you say, uh, talking about the Benjamins. Yeah. Like you're referring to like who's on the dollar bill. It was that, that exact thing. So. It originally meant something cost a half penny. Wow. If it cost an arm and a leg, but now has evolved into costing the equivalent of losing your limbs. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. I've also used that phrase in like, I would give an arm and a leg to quit my job right now. Yeah. That you're willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. All right. What's your next one? The seven year itch. Oh. Have you heard that? I have heard it. Yeah, mm-hmm. not often. No, it's not like super popular these days, I think. It was a while ago. <laughs> um, it was associated with Marilyn Monroe's um, skirt when she's like over the manhole cover uh, or the grate. Classic. Yeah. Um, but the term originally, I don't know why it's associated with the picture of Marilyn Monroe. I think she was in a movie. She might have been in a movie called The Seven Year Itch. Mm. So I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. Um, but the term originally referred to scabies. Oh, gross. Yeah. An itchy infection caused by mites burrowing under a person's skin. Its seven year moniker referred to how long the bugs could linger. Ugh. Isn't that disgusting? Ugh. Yeah. Um, and you're right. That scene, that is from. Is it a movie called The Seven Year Inch? Yeah. Yeah. She stood on a subway grate in New York City wearing a little white dress and fought an upward breeze. The scene from The Seven Year Itch went on to become one of the most iconic mo- moments in movie history. Yeah. That was in 1954. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought that was really disgusting that bugs could linger for seven years. It's the joke. fucking worst thing in the entire universe. Yeah. Some bugs, I think they just intentionally give the worst names to. Yeah. Just to be like, it's a bug. Do you know that I've had people... we want people to get the heebie-jeebies when they hear it. Oh, that's a good one. Where does heebie-jeebies come from? I've had people (laughs) call the pharmacy to ask for what to do for scabies. Gross. I can't believe that's... burn your skin. I can't believe that still happens. Jump into a fire. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's disgusting it is disgusting i wouldn't want to be anywhere near somebody with scabies i don't think it's contagious but 
I would just be so freaked out. No offense if you have scabies. Yeah. But it sounds awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. Did you find heebie-jeebies? Heebie-jeebies. It's a phrase widely attributed to Billy DeBeck, meaning a feeling of anxiety, apprehension, depression, or illness. Um, Louis Armstrong actually made a song called Heebie-jeebies. Oh. 1956, Little Richard made a song called Heebie-jeebies. Spelled differently. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they don't go into... I don't really know who Billy DeBeck is. Um... He was an American cartoonist. There you go. Mm. Anyway. So the next one I did yeah. is going Dutch. Mm. You're familiar with the term? Yeah. So for those in not in the know, pretty simple. Raven and I go out to eat. We say we're going Dutch. We pay for ourselves. Yeah. That's really it's it. It's like 50-50. Sometimes it means... Is splitting it. it yeah sometimes it means splitting it yeah and sometimes it means you're paying for yourself oh okay um so this one was a little interesting because it goes back and it's attributed to in the 17th century there was a war between england and the netherlands okay and english people came up with a lot of insults about dutch people and their culture yeah, but and some of them are like not even that clever yeah like their expression uh is one of their insults and uh-huh. again no offense to dutch people you guys are fine yeah we're just reporting i don't facts. love that one tradition that you guys have around christmas time where it's like blackface i yeah. understand that it's supposed to be soot from the thing but it you guys look like you're doing blackface please stop that um like figure out a better way anyway one of the expressions was dutch wife and that meant prostitute okay dutch courage is when you're brave because you're drunk. Mm, was, it's like I, when you drink thought, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was an expression known as a Dutch treat. Okay. And it's a social date where the invited person pays for themselves. Ah. And this sort of okay. kept into <laughs> circulation and then eventually over the years kind of got shortened down. And it's <coughs> now referred to as... <coughs> Going Dutch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a tickle in my throat. It's okay. <laughs> Should have brought water. <clears throat> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought it was reminds me of um. Is Josie at the door? <laughs> oh my God! How did you get up here? I beat your task, puzzle master. <laughs> God. I have found the I'm Minotaur sorry, at the Josie. center of the labyrinth. Oh God! I hope Olive doesn't get past it. We'll find out. All um, I can see is tears coming down your face right now. Can't stop you are a fucking mess. I'm exhausted at the idea of having to go to work. Um, mm. maybe I'll just quit my job cold turkey. It's a gamble. Just saying. I'm the worst person to ask about that stuff because I'll immediately give you permission. I know. <laughs> for, and for, I don't mean permission like you have to ask me. I mean permission. I'm, and I'm talking to No, I know. I know you know this. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, that remind, that phrase going Dutch reminds me of um, if there's two things in this world I hate. <laughs> it's people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Dutch. 
personal gold member. What a classic. We should have you ever seen people do that? I don't think we would be very good at it, but that game on TikTok where um like two best friends or two siblings, like you would be like in Kate's room and I'd be in here and I would tell the camera like I'm gonna do a quote from Austin Powers gold member and i would do that quote yeah and then you would come in here and i'd tell you the movie and you'd have to guess the quote that i used oh uh, i think we would depending on what you pick i know i don't know what movies that we've seen enough together to where we would know what quote the other would pick yeah it was like five feet apart <laughs> i love five feet apart but i don't know i don't quote it i know so i can't I, I can't think of a single actual quote other than me just being yeah. like I don't even we would have to do most, like I don't remember their names. We would have to <laughs> so do I like can't even be like Marco. No, we would have to do like holes. Oh God! It, I would probably pick like. Hold um, on. <laughs> I don't. Okay, you know what you would pick. Yeah. I literally the only thing I can think of is going. Ba dum bum bum <laughs> holes. <laughs> Whatever the, the little ba dum bum bum. I would probably, I would probably pick. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. Oh shit! I forgot that. Too damn bad. (laughs) I forgot that was from there. Oh god. See, it's hard. But I see. I like watching those. I see people on TikTok do them all the time, and they're very successful. They're very funny. Um, I do love that quote. It's so funny. Okay, that's how I feel about so many people in politics and stuff, where they're just like, "I think everybody needs an equal shot, unless you're trans or I know, or this or that." Yeah. Then eradication. Jesus, that clip is going all over my fucking for you page. I don't even know what you're talking about. I know. About. It's because your TikTok isn't um you would know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not political at all. You, no. you use TikTok for what it should be for. Yeah. I made the mistake of liking a couple things. Like I don't follow that many. Yeah. I follow like one or two. But they're more like news yeah. politics where it's like, here's what's happening yeah. in the news as opposed to it's not like when I'm on TikTok, I need to not use my brain, so I can't I handle know, anything it's like that. Frustrating sometimes when I'm trying to not use my brain, and it's like you get sucked in. Hey, did you hear what this uh, fucking guy with a podcast said? I also, when I'm I see like, stuff Jesus. like that, I'm like, scroll immediately. I don't want to. I see watch it. it once, and then I scroll, and then I see it a million times. Um. But, okay, my next one. It's my turn, right? Yes. And this one, I feel like. It's pretty, pretty well known, like the origin of it. Like I've, I've heard this before. I looked it up. Um, blood is thicker than water. Oh. Uh, like I knew this before. You knew the origin this. of this? Yeah. It's not just that blood is literally thicker than water? No. Oh. Um, it, the saying right now as it stands means that you should put family ahead of friends right. normally. Um, but the original usage of the phrase it was worded different and it meant the opposite the original saying was the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb oh yeah with covenant referring to friendship oh in other words it was your friends your blood brothers Mm. who were with you through thick and thin ah yeah so originally it was friends like your chosen family Oh. Is a stronger relationship than your actual family. And then someone flipped it. That's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that wild? That is wild. I did not know that. I know. You knew that already? Yeah. Really? Jeez. I don't know. Maybe if I saw a TikTok about it or I might have seen it on Tumblr or something. Yeah. 
when you first said the whole covenant thing, when you were like, the blood of the covenant. <laughs> you thought, like, the blood of me and Christ is stronger than... No. Oh. I thought, when you said is is thicker than the water of the womb. Yes. My brain immediately went to, oh, so in, like, a pregnancy emergency situation, oh my save God. the mother. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> save the, the yeah. covenant, get rid of the womb thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I know, crazy. That's where my mind went. Gee, oh my god. Okay. All right. Um, I have two more. Okay. My next one is piece of cake. Ah, that's a good one. A lot of food-based ones. I got on a roll. That um, one's really popular. Like, we say it all the time. Yeah, and it's also the other expressions that kind of mean the same thing and are in the same vein. Easy as pie. Yeah. Uh cakewalk mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah and it really just comes down to this long long tradition of cakes or pies yeah being seen as symbols of pleasantry mm. and ease okay i don't know why yeah uh it has an american origin yep the first time at least that i could find that it was written down was in 1936. Mm. Not even that old. No. Um, in Ogden Nash's Primrose Path, he writes, mm. her picture's in the papers now, and her life's a piece of cake. Mm. Okay. Kind of cute, a little small. It's so funny that some phrases like that are just like, this person said it one time. And it's stuck. And everyone else just used it. It's literally like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's literally that, like... So one person just wrote something and was like, her life was like. He could have easily like. just written like a piece of pancake. Yeah. Could have written anything. Maybe it would have stuck. Yeah. But he could have written anything. He could have just like, his, her life is like a platinum thimble. Yeah. And then it, yeah. 80 years later, we're just going, God, dude, I wish my life was a fucking platinum thimble. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Why do we say that? One guy put it in a book. He decided that platinum thimble meant this. We liked it. So apparently before him, the first time, that's the first time piece of cake and referred to in the way that it's referred to now. Yeah. It like, but the idea that cakes and pies have this like, they're dessert there. It's like, um, it's not like it's so, so, so different than the Marie Antoinette misquote. Because didn't she actually Let them not eat say cake. that? Let them eat cake. I don't think that so. was different. In that expression, I think cake is meant to mean like the cheapest bread yeah. possible kind of thing. <clears throat> this is like cake, cake, like dessert. Yeah. And like it has a lot to do with just the symbolism that for some reason cakes and pies have. Yeah. Of something that's nice and yeah, chill. Yeah. They are chill. Pretty good. Love that. Yeah. Um, my next one is a red herring. Ooh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. A pup named... The, do you remember the cartoon, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo? Yeah. When they were all young? Yeah. Every episode... Was it There Was a Red Herring? There was a character. He was kind of like a little bit of a bully and a little bit of not a bully. Okay. But he was just this random character, also a kid. Mm-hmm. And his name was Red. Ah. Uh. And he had red hair. Mm. And he was... I think he was Red Herring. Mm. And every episode... Like, Velma, they would have the guy caught, and he's still wearing the monster mask. 
and Velma would be like, I'm pretty sure that it's and Fred every episode, like almost every episode, I think, would be like, I know who it is. Red Herring. Oh my and then god. Red Herring would like show up somewhere yeah. and be like, What are you talking about, Fred? Sorry. Yeah. That's Hilarious. funny. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Um, okay. Uh most it says, often used in the context of television detective shows, a red herring refers to something designed to distract or throw someone off the trail. Mm. Uh, in a detective show, a clue that appears vital to solving a mystery is often added to heighten suspense, but may turn out to have been irrelevant. Example, it seemed important, but it turned out to be a red herring. Yep. Uh, the origins are interesting. It says... That's what I'm interested in. A herring is a fish that is often smoked... A process that turns it red and gives it a strong smell. Mm. Because of their pungent aroma, smoked herrings were used to teach hunting hounds how to follow a trail. And they would be drawn across the path of a trail as a distraction that the dog must overcome. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I think about that all the time. The idea that like a tracker dog, sniffer dog kind of thing. There's so many smells. I know. Or the idea that, like, you know, you see it in movies all the time where, like, the uh, the burglar has, like, a toy or, like, something yeah. and just, like, throws it to the guard dog. And the guard dog's, like, good enough. Yeah. I'm in. Or, like, in The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy when they're – she's – Sandra Bullock is trying to find, like, the drugs in the house. And she's got the police dogs. The the drug dealer people have, like, steaks everywhere, <laughs> like, all over their, their yeah. uh, coffee table. To throw off the dogs. Um, but, yeah, so it's just a smoked herring. It turns red, so it's a red herring. And mm. it's used to try to distract hunting hounds, to train them to not focus on the pungent smell of the fish and to keep looking for what they were looking for. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. It makes so, a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Sense. I know. I like that one. Um... Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think all those kind of dogs are so interesting. I love bloodhounds. I would love to own a bloodhound. Bloodhounds are good. They're so cool. I really enjoy bloodhounds. Um, but I like all those kind of dogs. You know what's funny is it's often not a bloodhound. Yeah. German <laughs> shepherds, I feel like, are used most often. Oh, in I police see work. all different kinds of things. I see, like, it's not... It almost looks like a bigger version of a King Charles Cavalier, but it's not that. Because those are, like, little tiny cute guys. Yeah. Uh this is the one saving grace of my ex is that her family, every time we got to go see her parents, they had, she had King Charles. They Cavaliers. had two King Charles Cavaliers and they're fucking awesome. They're really and then cute. they had a really floofy white cat that was blind. Oh, and I fucking loved him. That's cute. Anyway, what was its name? Jinxie. Something stupid. I used to see a lot of bloodhounds at Disney. A lot of people had them as Probably. service dogs mm. and I love them so much. Yeah. They remind oh. me of um, the two dogs that are in the Aristocats. Oh, God, yeah. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. Uh-huh. Love them. Though they're so good. Yeah. I'll tell you what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to follow them. Oh, yeah. It's so but good. Bob, that's what I said. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that's exactly how they talk. I hit it really good. Yeah. I can feel my voice like dip and do that. Shut up. So good. Kind of like a goofy when you do a goofy yep. voice. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> yeah. Do it again, Raven. No. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's what it reminds me of. As opposed to... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to do two back-to-back just because there's not more. a ton of information on these ones. Okay. I know. That's what, so I'm just going to bang both of these out. Okay. Um, I thought that they would be really good. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, this is going to be so interesting. Yeah. Not super interesting. Okay. Uh, and a lot of them I actually couldn't find a lot of stuff. Like... Um, like it's hard because sometimes you you find um like you're you're trying to do some research and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you're looking for the origin of this expression and then pretty much some of the places will just literally be like it was first seen in this book here's the line yeah and then that's it and you're like okay i guess that's all i get yeah or the or just be like this is what it means, and it's like okay, like fun. where did it come from? I, I need I need to know where it came from, yeah, and like if there was any reason for them to even fucking do that, yeah. I certainly don't need you to explain it. I know what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first example is, uh, cool is a cucumber. Yeah. So in this expression, cool is normally referred to as uh. Not cool as in temperature, but cool as in being um, too cool for school. Too cool Hip. for school. Uh, it means being assured and composed. Oh, okay. Like cool. Yeah. Even keeled. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, like from. <laughs> oh, what the hell is that musical called with the jets and the sharks and Maria? Oh, West Side Story. West Side Story. Yeah. Cool. Be cool. Yeah. <laughs> like that old song. Mm-hmm. God, dude. You couldn't imagine. Um, all right. So, <laughs> it was like, how do you use the idiom cool as a cucumber in a sentence? And here are the examples that they give. I can't believe how he's beta- behaving after our house burned down. He's cool as a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, Okay, so the origin, pretty disputed, depending on what sources you're kind of using. Most of them have the earliest mention kind of being this song. Or, excuse me, no, song is in the title of the poem. It's a poem by a British poet named John Gay. And the the poem is called New Song on New Similes. Came out in 1732. Wow. The line goes, and this gives no context at all because it's just the line. Cool as a cucumber could see the rest of womankind. Okay. The phrase quickly gained popularity throughout the 1730s and 1740s and has been in use ever since. Interesting. Yeah. People were probably just like, well, cucumbers are cold. They're cool. I know. So that makes Um, sense. And that's like all I could really find is literally that, that it was, that it, this is kind of the first time that it was used. And, and after that, people used it. Yep. I don't well, know if it has to do with the fact that cucumbers are refreshing. Decline. Who dares? It was a telemarketer probably or bill collector or something stupid. Mm. But yeah, that's uh, okay. cool as a cucumber. Couldn't find a ton on it. I wish yeah. I could find more. The other one, uh, another food related idiom, couch potato. Yes. Well, you called me that one time. I inferred. 
Anyway. On the velvet hills of a sofa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So this was created by a man named, it's purported yeah. that this man created it. Tom Iacino. Iacino. Okay. I don't know. I-A-C-I-N-O. So they actually interviewed this guy. Okay. And was like. Talk to us about how this came about and da da da, and how did you think of it, and what does it take for someone to be a couch? It. I was reading this interview, and it was one of those inter- like written interviews where you, it's like question answer question mm-hmm. answer. Boring. Mm. It literally is like he called his friend one day. His friend's wife answered, and he just said, "What's that couch potato doing?" And the wife laughed, and they all had a good chuckle over it. And then him and his friend just used it conversationally is a funny little thing to just call somebody and then his friend legit trademarked it Mm. and now couch potato is a thing it is a thing that is boring and that's kind of it yeah people just be thinking up phrases ow people just be thinking up phrases and then say them and they're like now we're saying it now we're saying that we're saying Fetch this thing now. Is in. Fetch is in. Um. Okay. This is my last one, and it's not technically an etymology thing, but I had to include it because it's a good story. It's totally fine. So one of the links that I uncovered in my etymology search was like a list of phrases that you didn't know were trademarked. Mm. And like couch potato, apparently. Yeah. And I found uh, Let's Roll. Autobots. Let's Roll. Yeah. I say this all the time. I say it when I... You say Let's Roll? Let's Roll. Well, like when I'm leaving the pharmacy <laughs> at night with a bunch of texts, I yeah. say Let's Roll. Or I say Let's Blow This Popsicle Stand. <laughs> That's a good one. I Where say did this that all come from? The, right. I say that all the time. Let's Blow This Popsicle Stand. <clears throat> um, Is there a good story about that? I am trying to find it as fast as I can. My back hurts. I can't wait to lay down and watch Pokemon. These are fucking like the most random things. I'm also hungry. Uh, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on this in order to... It's not immediately evident. Um, I don't know. All I know is that there was a book that came out about American slang in 1994 that it talks about how that expression, there's also other expressions that are kind of similar. Let's blow this pop stand and let's blow this popcorn stand. Oh, <laughs> never heard either. And, but it also meant leave this, like, let's leave. Yeah. Um, 1969, let's blow this pop stand. 1979, pop stand. 81, pop stand. Yeah. From all these different things. Um, uh, somebody wrote a letter from Philly to columnist William Sapphire. Well, I talk about him in Seinfeld. Really? William Sapphire? Yeah, George is dating a woman who's way smarter than him. And she's like talking about articles she reads in the paper. And she's That's like, insane. I love Sapphire. Don't you love Sapphire? And his thoughts and musings. And He's George, a is, George is like, so oh, crazy. you gotta love, gotta love Sapphire. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. Whoever wrote to him 
said, I was, I was surprised to see no mention of the phrase, let's blow this pop stand. Surely this is a shortened version of the longer farewell, let's blow this popsicle stand. Yeah. Um, but it's it's relatively a recent change of... Um, Wording? Yeah. Because there was the bunch or the joint instead of a stand. Like a shop. You know? Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah, I say that all the time. Pretty much. Um, in Robin Williams' TV show, Mork and Mindy. Okay. Um, in like the 80s. Uh-huh. They used the popsicle version often. Uh-huh. And in the movie War Games, they used uh-huh. the phrase, let's blow this popsicle stand. Okay. Very fun. Yeah. All right. Yep, that's what I got. Okay. So, Let's Roll is trademarked. And it's kind of a sad story, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, Let's Roll was trademarked by the Todd M. Beamer Foundation, now called Heroic Choices. Okay. Todd Beamer was a passenger on United Flight 93 on September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. He and other passengers worked together to overtake the hijackers piloting the plane and ultimately crashed the plane into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. His last words, overheard by an air phone supervisor, were, Are you ready? Let's roll. Jeez. Right? <sighs> Crazy. And then they trademarked Let's Roll. Which is like pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh so crazy. Dude, your last words being let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fucking shit, dude. Uh and doing what they did specifically. Like as opposed to just like you're in a your deathbed and you're like Let's roll. I know. That that would still be very funny, actually. I know. Well, God, let's roll. (laughs) The Heroic Choices Foundation trademarked Let's Roll to sell merchandise and give proceeds back to charity. So it's just cool. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's wild. I know. And something I would have never known if I didn't look it up. Isn't that crazy? There's so many things like that. That's why stuff like this is interesting. Looking up etymologies in general. Yeah. Or other, I mean, researching anything. Yeah. You just got to know how to do the research, kids. Check multiple sources. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Make sure that the sources that you're looking from are at least somewhat fucking reputable. Yeah. And understanding that there's a difference between opinion and fact. Yeah. 100%. that's why I like I think New Jersey's doing I may have talked to you about this but New Jersey's doing like an initiative um, in terms of teaching in the classrooms okay and they're specifically doing lessons about like for lack of a better term like how to Google and make sure that you're the things that you're reading are legit like how to fact check yeah sort of so like hey I saw this thing on the internet yeah let me figure out if this is true. Yeah, and it was I remember like going through the different ways of figuring that out. Like, okay, well, does do other places say this, or only this one website? Yeah. Or like, what are other websites talking about this one article? Yeah. And how are they referring to yeah. it? And where are the sources coming from? How can you check things out? Do they mention sources that they use to back up their information? Because, yeah. like, I mean, I've had people try and send me articles. And then I've used, like, the person who wrote the article wrote, like, you know, X, Y, and Z, their opinion piece. Big clickbait thing. And in it, they had, like, 
oh, according to the NIH, the National Institute of Health, or according to the CDC, they just came out with this study, and here's what it says. And then the word, like, article from the CDC is clickable. I'll click on it, and then I would actually read the article from the CDC. Yeah. And be like, how did they get this opinion piece? Like, they did not read this research article. Yeah. Or, like, how to even find research articles. Or, like, what does it mean to have a scholarly reviewed source, peer-reviewed, and that kind of stuff? I remember for, like, multiple assignments in high school for different classes, they would, like, only let us use Google Scholar. Yeah, exactly. Like, you weren't allowed to use anything else to find articles. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's how it should be. And that's how it's, like... I recommended that to somebody at work the other day because, like, I work with a couple people who are in college, and they, like, hadn't heard of it. Yeah, it's because it doesn't pop up. It's one of those things, unless you do it. I'm surprised, like, professors and teachers don't enforce the use of it. I know. In colleges, they should, but it really also depends on your major. In my college, they definitely did. I had to take some English classes for gen ed. And oh, I, I had to use, to use sources all the fucking time. I, I mean, I, sometimes I was writing essays on biology and stuff yeah. like that. So it was like, of course you're using things. But also for, like, history classes, I had to find articles yeah. showing that the New Orleans Ninth Ward was not receiving funding because of X, Y, and Z. And I need this bar to get away from my toes because I can't stop playing with it. Okay. Um, well, I can't. It's connected to the desk. It's not connected to anything. Oh, you're playing with that bar. Yeah. That bar is broken. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's roll. That's a cool one. I know. Man, United 93. What a incredibly sad. sad and yet moving story. Yeah. That is real. Yeah. Man, it really does blow my mind, that whole fucking thing. Yeah. But let's not talk about United 93 when I'm about to be taking so many planes in the next I know. <laughs> I know. That's all, all you see on the internet is people doing dumb shit on planes. Not even like, obviously, United 93 yeah. is not, quote unquote, dumb shit. Yeah, That's I know you a mean. terrorist act. But seeing like the people getting kicked off flights or fighting with flight attendants and getting taped to seats or yeah. call, saying racial slurs or whatever yeah. and stopping the whole flight. Joe, Josie. Jo-jo. Knock on wood, that's never happened to me. I've never Same. been on a flight that was disrupted for any reason. Same. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Okay. Josie. I'm not a very superstitious person. I'm very little stitious, but uh, yeah. I do knock on wood. That is a real thing. Yeah, I do too. To not like jinx myself. Yeah. Ugh, I haven't gotten COVID yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I refuse not I know. To. It feels weird. Like, have you ever like you're not really thinking straight, so you're like you say something and then you're like knock on wood and then you start looking around the room and you're like no, everything no is plastic. Yeah. <laughs> like no. Metal yep. and plastic. Yep. And then you just like knock on like that fake plastic wood and you're like, good enough. The pharmacy has no like no wood. Yeah, it's terrible. Everything is plastic and metal. <laughs> yeah. Um But uh, knocking on wood is thought to come from the folklore of the ancient Indo-Europeans or possibly people who predated them who believed that trees were home to various spirits. Touching a tree would invoke the protection or blessing of the spirit within. I love that so much. That's where knock on wood comes from. Um, and that's according to a TED article, but it also um, gets connected to other things too. Some people connected to ancient Celtic people. Wow. Yeah, or different pagan cultures. Um, Which makes sense. 
Do you um, know what I just noticed? What did you just notice? Did you see my desktop background? Yeah. Do you see that on the cat on the couch, there's a small woman? I see it now. I've That's had this hilarious. desktop background for like five months. <laughs> and I didn't notice that until just now. That's really funny. Jojo, please. They just put a tiny Whoa. woman on her. Yeah. Josie, please. In a fetal position, nonetheless. Yeah. Wow. Well, gang. All right. I think that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed us looking into the origin of some of these expressions and sayings. Again, please, if you got a cool regional saying or expression from where in your neck of the woods, neck of the woods, there's another one. Yeah. Please send it in. We really, really, really want to know. Because I want to hear about some of these obscure ones that maybe I'm not like just Googling weird expressions. Like the devil beating his wife. Yeah. Um, which There's got to be interesting ones from, like, the middle of the country. Interesting expression is those, like, undershirt tank top things and people wife calling beater. them a wife beater. Or I've also heard them, and I'm Italian, I can say this, uh, people referring to them as guinea tees. Oh, yeah. Because it's, like, a t-shirt that a Italian-American would wear. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, okay. So, send them in. We have an email address, hessianmaven at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram, a TikTok, and a YouTube, Hesse and Maven, one word. Please check those things out. Send us in your fun expressions. I really do want to know them. Yes. Um, I'm also just going to leave us off with um, I have that flight coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be leaving Wednesday night, mm-hmm. flying about five and a half hours to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. but then reverse three hours. So then it'll only be two hours difference. Uh, in terms of the actual time on the clock, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but my brain will be completely fucked at that point. Then I have an eight-hour layover, so Mm -hmm. from like 11.30 to (laughs) 7.30 or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And then I fly from Las Vegas to Santa Ana. My friends pick me up. I guess we do breakfast or hang out or Mm -hmm. who knows. I'll probably grab so much food in the airport, but whatever. Um, And then the wedding is in the afternoon slash evening do all of that my flight is at 6 45 the next morning Mm -hmm. after the wedding and then i fly from santa Ana to san francisco san francisco six hour layover san francisco back to new jersey you got a busy uh week i got a busy like two days yeah it's just going to be a really, really, really busy two days. Yeah. I already talked to Allie about it because her and I are similar when it comes to, like, social batteries. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kind of similar, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I told her straight up. I was like, dude, this is going to cry. I'm going to need, like, a week away from people. Yeah. Like, it's going to be like, I'm, I can't see friends yeah. for two weeks after this. Like, yeah. it's gonna, that much. I mean, obviously, most of the time I'm going to be by myself, actually. Because I'm yeah. just going to be, like, in airports yeah. and on planes. And that's really what I'm stressing about is just like how am I going to do it and how the sleep is going to work is I'm just before the wedding. After the wedding, I kind of don't give a shit because then it's just like I know that when I'm on my way home, it's like I'll catch up on sleep if I can't sleep. You're lost. Like if I have trouble sleeping in the airport or in on the plane, I'm coming home. I'll, I'll sleep when I get here. You Your know? Las Vegas but layover like is 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. I would just find a corner. I know. I'm just like, I'm a little paranoid about like people stealing things. Oh, just use something as a pillow. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and be as smart as possible. Oh, yeah. But just like, I'm asleep. 
Yeah. I'm not even I'm not awake. Like, what if they yeah. do this or do that? Yeah. I don't know. Like, so just making sure that all my most important things are with me. Yeah. Um, but then also like I'm strongly considering because I found out that on the way back it's so weird. I'm taking Spirit on the way there, mm-hmm. both flights. Mm-hmm. But on the way back, both flights are United Airlines, mm-hmm. which I've, I don't think I've ever taken United Airlines. It's so I'm interested in that. So much better. And yeah. I know that already because I get a carry-on just included. Yeah. Spirit, I don't get a carry-on. I just get a personal bag, which yeah. is like, you know, if a woman has like a big purse or something yeah. like that. And for me, it's usually a backpack. Yeah. And normally, I would do just a backpack because mm-hmm. I'm such a light traveler. Yeah. But I have a suit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be like a little paranoid about the suit jacket getting a little fucked up, mm-hmm. being folded too much in a backpack. Mm-hmm. Plus, like... I got to bring dress shoes and there's yeah. like just enough stuff yeah. because of the suit specifically because of the wedding that I'm like, maybe I will bring a carry on. And yeah. by carry on, I mean like it's going to be the smallest fucking thing. It yeah. just needs to, if I can do the suit just folded like once, yeah, then that's perfect. That shoes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And at that point, maybe I'll bring like a couple extra clothes just in case. Like Are worst you doing case a scenario. duffel bag? Probably yeah. something like that. And then I have my backpack where I'll put all of my, Really, it's going to be, like, all of my electronics and, like, yeah. airport, airplane stuff yeah, I to it. keep me busy because um, I'm bringing two sets of headphones. I'm bringing several books. I'm bringing some notebooks because I'm a big writer yeah. on physical paper. I'm bringing my laptop, my phone, yeah. my switch, and then some chargers. Yeah. Um, our next episode, we can talk about your travels. Yeah, definitely. Maybe the next episode will be about travels. Yeah. Because you have some travel ideas that you mm-hmm. have in your brain that you want to bring up. Yeah. Maybe I'll pressure you to make PowerPoints. Okay. For each of them. Yeah, I can do that. And you can make you could do a presentation on which. Yeah. Um, which place you should go to. Okay. And state your case. Okay. And the people will decide. Tony and people Alyssa will give their opinions and, Luna. and then you will decide. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ali, Luna, Alyssa, yeah. <laughs> and Tony we'll vote. will decide. Yeah. Um, okay, I really all right, gang. The yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> all right, gang. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Hesse and Maven. Please tune in next week where we talk about something else. Bye. 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 By the way, I did go into your room and stole your earrings. Bye. Bye.